The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Hey, and welcome to the Beauty is Found Within podcast, hosted by the beautiful Pippa Leslie. Pippa will be speaking about hers, other spiritual stories, perspectives, and journeys, so we can in turn find the right match of resonance that speaks to our heart and souls. Each week she will be sharing topics around spirituality, manifestation, mindset, self-love, and personal growth, as well as personal interviews with our fellow soul family and friends. Hey guys, welcome back to the Beauty is Found Within podcast. I am so, 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 so excited today. I'm speaking to a very special guest all the way from Australia. It's Denise DT. She's the author of a book that I read a while ago called Get Rich Lucky Bitch. Hi, Denise. Hi, Pippa. How are you? I'm really well, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I was just um, laughing because I was thinking because you told me you wanted to move to New Zealand and um, you're in New Zealand, they're going to call you Pippa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love, I just love the accents. I just, that part of the world really, really just has me pulled at the moment. So I'm so happy to be chatting to you today. Me too. So tell the listeners, Denise, a bit about your story, you know, to pull them. I know some of my listeners have uh, love you anyway, and some of them have read your books, but just a little bit about your, your story and, and how you got onto the manifestation journey. Yeah. So I, I grew up in Australia um, I grew up with a single mom and I think that really, uh, it really made me determined to be able to make my own money, you know. So from a very early age, I was very interested in in entrepreneurship and um, I wanted to start my own business. I wanted to make my own money. And then when I was 14, I was always a massive reader, but I would go to this bookstore after school and I would stand in the aisles and read books. And I picked up this little red book and it was called The Magic of Believing by Claude Bristol. And it's a book about the law of attraction. And I remember reading it um, and thinking, and it was very old fashioned, you know, like a lot of those books were from, you know, they were written in the 30s, 40s, 50s. And yeah. they're, they're, they're not really even talking about the law of attraction. They don't mention it, but it's it's almost like, uh, they're written for like salesmen to sell more, you know, <laughs> using these kind of persuasion yeah. and mindset tricks. But I remember reading that and thinking, wow, like you can control your thoughts and you can create a reality that's different for yourself. And so that book really set me on a path of of personal growth and personal development. So I started reading, you know, any books that I could get a hold of. And I remember reading books about astrology and things like that. But I loved watching Oprah after school and especially back then in kind of the 90s and Oprah went through this stage of she, you know, would talk about the kind of like Jerry Springery type things at the start of like Trisha, you know, like yeah. those controversial things. And then she started moving into like remembering your spirit. She changed to, And I got introduced to all these different concepts again of, um, using your mind to create a different reality. And the thing that really stuck in my mind about Oprah is that she would talk about breaking the cycle. And I was very determined to break the cycle in my family of um, not having very much money, of having unhappy marriages, of being stuck in situations. And so I thought, well, cool, I want to be Oprah. 
but I didn't know that was a job, right? I was just like, but you, you can't just motivate people or inspire people for a living. Like that just isn't a thing. And it wasn't really a thing, um, definitely back in the 90s. And so I spent um, all of my 20s really looking for a way to be able to help people, but also have a business. And it seems really obvious now because, you know, now coaching is is a mainstream thing and business coaching and life coaching is a mainstream thing. And, and like being a blogger, you know, just inspiring people yeah. on YouTube or whatever, or podcasting, <laughs> like what we're doing, right? It, it just wasn't, um, it wasn't a job or it wasn't something that I felt like I could aspire to. So I spent my 20s really in and out of um, trying to start a business and then I wouldn't be able to get any traction. I didn't know how to make money. And so then I would go back into a job and I just played that dance for a long time. And then um, I hit 30, same as, you know, kind of the age you're at now. And I went, you know what, I'm going to become a coach. And so I started down that path and I loved it immediately. I was like, oh, this is what I wanted to do. Okay. But the problem I had was um, like people would come to me and they'd say, I want to start a business. And I'd go, great, do this. And then they'd come back the next week. Oh, I didn't do it. I was like, what's going on? Like, it's so simple. You know, you just like make a list and you just follow it. And what I realized was that mindset was the thing that was holding everybody back. You know, that was the thing that stopped them from taking a really simple action to, you know, to do in their business. Because I thought business is easy. You just follow a system, you follow a process. Yeah. Um, and so I really realized that mindset was going to be the place where I could help people. And then it was just a series of um, attrition, really. Like I would go, oh, I really like talking about money with my clients. And, oh, I really like working with women more than men. And so each couple of clients, I kind of adjusted my messaging or who I was talking to. And then um, about eight years ago, I just went, you know what, I'm going to go all in on money. And, but I felt really scared to do that, you know, because I thought, well, who am I to talk about money? You know, you're not allowed to talk about money unless you've got like a certificate (laughs) that says, you know, you're allowed to talk about money. And so what I decided to do was just to talk about money like I would talk about it with a girlfriend because that's what I did for a long time. I would just say to all my friends, hey, you can do it. You can do it. Yeah, you can charge for that. Go on. You can do it. Um, And so I just thought, well, hey, if if that's all I do is just talk to write my books and do my courses and create my videos as if I was talking to a friend if it's useful for someone I'll continue doing it and it has been useful for people so I've continued to do it it's uh, this is the thing with people like I'm the same as you Denise like I love helping people with mindset I do think mindset is the key to moving forward in your life because I think people put they have so many blocks there anyway from obviously as you know from trauma from past life you know from when you were when you were like children but it's just it's that mind it's like a shift isn't it it's like a light switch once you've really started to work on a mindset I think the problem is it's it's just doing it it's like I have that with clients it's they just get to a point and I said did you do it and they're like no and it's like well that is where they it's like a line you have to cross and when they've made that little shift it's like whoa it's um because I always say to my clients and my friends and anyone that I meet is you're manifesting every single day of your life you're just not aware of it yet and when you start to become aware of it it's like a total game changer because then you you can you're actually like co-creating 
your life it's it's just like yes. that, that book I'm definitely I'm definitely going to read that book that you mentioned about is it the magic of life or it's the just, magic of believing it, I'd be curious yeah. to how it holds up um today oh. because but you do go back to some of those old school books um like Florence Scoville Shin is a perfect example she again talks about the law of attraction but it's these timeless principles of uh controlling your thoughts and the words that you say out loud and that does have a massive impact on your reality and if for those of you who are skeptical and just go but it sounds like magic like how does that work but if you really look at it from a logical point of view well you know at the moment your thoughts create your habits your habits create your daily reality and actions that you take or not take and those actions compound over time to create your reality and you can decide to do that in a positive or negative way right there are people who constantly have negative thoughts they're constantly saying negative things they don't take action or they often take negative action because they believe that nothing works out for them and then that creates their reality and you can choose to do it in a positive spiral or a negative spiral so there's nothing necessarily magic about it but it's the 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 um, compounding of all these tiny little micro decisions and then you have to, you can't deny that when you're in the flow of that, something magic does happen. And I always think it's that 10% that you just cannot explain. And it's like, that has to come from somewhere, but it doesn't happen outside of you. You have to start the process and you have to start the ball rolling. And then when you're in flow, synchronistic things do happen that feel like magic. Yes, yeah, so that's that's like my life my life every day is synchronicity after synchronicity after synchronicity my partner will be laughing because he's just like <laughs> we're in a we're in a, a soulmate relationship twin flame relationship and it's like since we've since we started dating it's been synchronicity after synchronicity and he's a big believer and I think that's the that's the word it's belief people have lost belief and if I my, my views is that people have lost the magic like they've lost like as a child, how much we were in awe of life. Like we, we would look out the window, we'd be on a walk with our parents or our family or friends and we'd see all the, just the magic of life. And I still do. Like I'm a huge Disney fanatic. Like I love Disney. I'm like a child, but it's, that's the magic for me. It's like bringing that, the good feelings back into your life. Because like you said, as we get older, you know, these cycles start to become our life as in, we should be doing this. We should be doing that instead of breaking those cycles and going, no, there is no set way of living. And I'll, I, yes. I know I want to create the magic in my own life. Yeah. When you talk about magic in that way, I've noticed the last oh, probably a couple of years, I've started to read things on Twitter. I've started to be kind of engaged in what's happening politically. And I have to be so mindful about what I'm putting into my brain because if I don't um, limit that exposure, I feel myself stopping believing in magic, you know, and it's like in Peter yeah. Pan where they have to believe in it and that's what makes them fly is the belief and they stop believing and they fall to the ground and I have to be so vigilant of what's going in my brain because I stop believing in magic. Yeah, it's especially now with what's going on in the world as well, it's like, I've probably had in the last three months, I've had probably more people that I've actually like attracted just to help, like not as clients, just to help. Cause I'm, I, I'm a big believer that, you know, 
the old teachings of Latsu. Like I'm really into like the old way of living because I'm so connected to Mother Earth. It's like the just having reverence for all life. I think that's kind of like in this time at the moment as well, people are just looking for hope, looking for faith when they only have to look within because they, what we're going through now is as a collective. It's the whole world going through it. And I think we're going to come out of it. It's going to be amazing. You know, we, we are going to come out of this this virus and what's been going on this year. But that is something that I've been asked a lot is, well, how do I manifest through this this virus, you know, through this virus, like, and it, it's for me, it's 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 not a, it's not a time for manifestation. It still is. It's, I've spent the last three months really going deep, doing loads of reading, doing loads of growth, really learning and doing as much as I can. But I've never stopped wanting to manifest. I think people are kind of confusing that, thinking that oh, because we're in a pandemic, we can't manifest. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's always going to be stuff, right? Even if you live a life that is about manifesting, then there's never going to be a point where things are perfect anyway, right? Like getting to a point where you're, um, I don't know, in flow, it doesn't mean that you're still going to have to pay bills. You're going to still have to pick up your dog poop. People people that you love will still die. You know, like it's not like none of us are going to be able to live forever um, you never get to a point where you're perfect all the time. But I actually think that's the thing that, that holds a lot of people back from manifesting what they want is they feel like it's a, a test of perfection. And yeah. I totally get this as well. Like I remember that first, I actually first heard about the kind of the law of attraction from Oprah when she um, had the people on from The Secret. But I, I really thought, oh, well, I can't manifest because I'm not perfect. I don't meditate every day. I'm not a super spiritual person. Um, I'm not allowed to, you know, get the benefits of manifesting because I'm flawed. And but that's the thing. Like anyone, anyone can live in that flow if you are okay with the fact that you're not going to be perfect and you're just a normal person. Yeah, because it's everyone's so different. Like some people aren't as spiritual as me and you, and it's it's what works for you. And I think that's that's one thing that I say to people is it's fine in a way that works for you because when you're trying to say perfect a cycle or a habit or whatever it is that isn't isn't aligned with who you are it's not going to feel right for you and then you're not in flow and then you're not in alignment with what you truly desire mm-hmm. and one thing that I'm really really reading around at the moment is more about what you know that the, we're spiritual beings having the human experience like that I am constantly really like delving deep into because my, my partner mm-hmm. he's like he's science background so he's very like scientific and wants to do research and it is it's like when you think of it we are just strings of energy it's like the string theory we are strings of energy and mm. even our thoughts are energy like it's when people have that real shift in your thoughts do create your reality it's mm-hmm. It is magic. Like I, I truly believe it is magic because I, I want to see it that way because it's a great way of seeing the world. Like some people are in constant state of like pessimistic, negative energy, and like you said, it's what's what are they looking at on a daily basis? Are they watching news all the time? Are they reading negative articles? Are they surrounded by negative people? You know, one one of the tips that I really took away from your book, Denise, was about the decluttering of your life because that is one thing that I do a lot of because the amount of times we 
have I mean everyone's got that drawer in the kitchen that is full of rubbish that we could just <laughs> yeah you know sort out every day really so I think decluttering your life as well to make space for that new it's just such a simple thing to do yeah well and I always is. tell people um when in doubt shave your legs because yeah. the decluttering thing is just about um moving energy and when you feel stagnant when you feel like nothing's working for you um literally go declutter something but go shave your legs like it makes such a yeah. difference just to go okay I've moved the energy now I can take action or I can move on or I can do something yeah I tend to just like sh- proper shake it off like I shake my whole body if I'm in one of those like if I wake up in one of those moods where I'm just like okay today's not as you know as good as it was yesterday I'm st- it's still gonna be a good day you know it's it, I always say I always laugh it's like you know when you get out of bed and you stump your toe and people it's getting that mindset oh I'm gonna have a bad day now because I've stumped my toe it's actually realizing no it's okay like I always think they're little nudges from the universe going are you gonna have a bad day today you're gonna see that stump toe is a bad day I always laugh because I'm I have fun with it so I go no it's okay it's fine because it is the way of looking at it and it's not it for me it's seeing the good like obviously that's why my business is called beauty's found within because it's just seeing the beauty and everything seeing the good and yeah. everything that happens to you yeah totally and I actually like to see everything as a positive omen <laughs> most of the time or yes. something like that where it'd be like oh this is a reminder from the universe to slow down or to pay attention and um so I don't know if it was in get rich lucky bitch I think it's in my first book lucky bitch where I talk about this Um, book that I had read called The Luck Factor by Richard Wiseman. And this was a massive influence on me, this book, because it talks about um, a study done of people who identify as lucky or people who identify as unlucky. And so he did this study where he's like, do you feel feel like you're a really lucky person? Do you feel like you're a really unlucky person? Um, You know, come to my, wherever it was, come to my office and to do this study. And so what they did, the researchers, they planted money outside the building and um, like just, you know, a note. And then when people came in, they were like, cool, you know, do this, do this questionnaire to see if you're a lucky or unlucky person. And of course, the people who identified as lucky found the money. The people who identify as unlucky didn't even see the money. And so he talks about how luck is this thing that you can learn because it is your belief in is the world a good place or a bad place is um am I a lucky or unlucky person and you look for opportunities you're always looking for well the universe wants me to be happy or good things happen to me and so you look for them you expect them to happen and so I thought when I read that I was like well maybe I can choose to be luckier and I really looked at those habits and thought how can I consciously cultivate them in my life to um to be a luckier person and what's really funny is I find money all the time (laughs) and it always happens when I'm around someone else and money will just like fly like I'll be like oh this 20 dollars just appeared and I'm like yeah (laughs) and I'm teaching that to my kids so whenever I find money on the street I try and um get Willow to see it and then I'll be like you're a money magnet and so she believes that she's a money magnet you know, and then she'll she'll look for money and she'll find it too. So it's a totally learned, it's a learned thing that even if you think that nothing good happens to you, you can turn that around by changing your thoughts and feelings about it. Um, and this is really cool because I'm sitting in my office at the moment. I can see dolphins out in the ocean. It's like, oh, oh my God, I love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you manifested them. 
Yeah, and we see whales all the time too. But, you know, it's it's not like I am a woo-woo person, but it's not necessarily woo-woo to train your brain in more positive ways. Like you can be the most skeptical person in the world and still benefit from training your brain to look for the positivity, to look for opportunities, to believe that you are worthy of those opportunities. That is something that you can you can do. You know, you can change. It doesn't matter what circumstance you grew up in. You can change your circumstances by your beliefs. Yeah, you can change your life in a day, like in, a, in an instant. It's just having that, it's that moment where you go, right, that's it. Because I was like that. I just... I split up with my ex-partner last year and I was like, right, I'm just going to go to Australia because I am a very brave person and I just feel like I, I am a woo-woo person and I I follow my heart, I follow my intuition and, you know, that calling and Australia is always calling me from afar. Like, it's just, I, and I went for three months and I, it was just the best three months of my life because I just really grew there and I just, you know, met some amazing people and it all led me to Chris, my partner, which is just another another story for another time. But uh, we, we are going to write that story at some point because it's such a, a beautiful story, a love story. So what I wanted to ask you, Denise, which is really coming up for me, I'm just like, I always flow with the questions is, what money blocks have you been through which you've overcome? Uh, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, people sometimes assume that because I write books about money or I teach about money that I must be perfect with money. But again, it's that fallacy, right? The perfection fallacy. And so what I find is that we all have universal money blocks that we share. So um, a shared collective one is that you have to work really hard to make money. That's just, it's, yeah. uh, it's collective. And one of the reasons why it's collective is because of the time that we are in is that a lot of us grew up where we we did see that having a business was really hard and it um, it required a lot of investment, a lot of capital, a lot of one-to-one kind of, you know, hustle like that. And so we saw that, um, whereas we now live in a world where you can create a business online, we have tools that support us, there's very little barrier to entry to being in business, but it's like we haven't quite caught up with that. We still think it has to be hard. And, you know, there are a lot of collective stories around that of like money doesn't grow on trees and you don't get something for nothing yeah. and, you know, kind of dismissing ease as like, oh, that's money for jam or money for old rope. And every country has got their own and every family has got their own, right? So um, I obviously have those. But then everyone, once you look at that, right, which is a big part of it, everyone's got their own little nugget. And it's almost like your fear of what would happen if you had more money and everyone's got their own individual fear, right? So it's usually something that you have to give up. And so it could be love. You think, well, I can have love or money, but never both. And so you'll see that sometimes where someone's successful in their business, but they're single and then they have a relationship and their business dies or, um, you know, they split up and then their business grows again. And so they prove it over and over again that I can't have both. For some people, it is health. You know, they their business goes really great and then they burn out or they um, they have some sort of chronic illness that's that's um, triggered by overwork. And so, they, again, it just proves it over and over again. Oh, I can't have both. Um, yeah. Some people, it's integrity. You know, they've got this massive story about if I make more money, I'll lose my integrity. I won't be an ethical person. I won't be environmentally conscious. I won't be caring or loving or whatever it is and I'll tell you mine and it follows me 
over and over and over again. Okay, so mine is I can't be wealthy and humble. And so I Yeah, that really one. resonates with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, so you know what I mean. I can't be down to earth and wealthy. And so each time I hit um, like new income plateaus, I kind of go, well, people like me up until now, but if I make any more money, then they won't like me anymore or they won't, you know, they won't think I'm down to earth or whatever because I get told that all the time, oh, you're so down to earth. And so if that's something that, you know, people say, oh, you're this, you're that, there's going to be a fear that, oh, okay, well, people like me now, but they won't like me if I doubled my income, you know. And actually for a long time I had it around like um, I can't be skinny and wealthy whereas usually people have got it the other way around they're like oh I need to lose weight to make money because I can't be fat and rich um, and I deliberately use, lose, use that fat word because I think it's a real trigger point for some people and so I was like yeah. oh but I made money when I you know I'm not a skinny person I'll never be a skinny person and so I was like oh people will really hate me if I you know have money have a good relationship and I'm skinny no <laughs> you're not allowed to have that and um, so I think once you kind of work through your things around working hard, the next way to go is to look at what do you feel like you personally have to give up? And it sounds like that down to earth one is a big one for you, but what else resonates around that for you, Pippa? I just think it's the, at the moment, I think I'm struggling with the fear of success because I'm I'm close to kind of hitting a, a target, not a target, but hitting a a milestone that I can feel is right there and I think I've just got a little block where it's like come on Pip it's literally there so like it you know I have I have affirmations every day but I was just thinking of something you said then about it's like the concept of I'll be happy when I'll be happy when I have this and it's not it's like I'm already happy and I've done so much work around that but I do feel yeah. there's like just that little nudge that I need to just flick away um around fear of success fear of having it all fear of you know because we we can have it all it's like you said you don't have to sacrifice anything the only thing I'd want to sacrifice is letting go of material things in in general like I'm about to sell my home and all my possessions because I'm going to be moving to New Zealand so it's I've I'm at peace with that that I don't need any material things as in you know I want them I like to have a tv and I love my playstation I love my pc you know all those things that I love but I don't I don't need them in my life so it's for me it's still surrendering letting go of all that to keep moving forward so that fear of success thing right what would be really good for you is to go one layer deeper because it's still quite generic right fear of success um, you need to name a specific fear of what that success would be. And so it's that more money, more problems thing, right? And so you could list them out and go, okay, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, I'll have to pay more taxes. Okay, well, what's the worst thing that could happen then? Well, I'll screw it up and I'll, like, be sent to jail. And, like, I mean, I'm Australian, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think we have this underlying fear of that com- the convict ships <laughs> and being sent. Yeah. Being they sent-, sent them all there. Absolutely. And so, you know, that lives in me here. But like, you know, everyone's got their own fears that live in them. I'll be bankrupt or I'll fuck it up or I'll do something. And so it's really good to name name that fear. And you can get super specific. So I, I mean, I live in this, my dream beach house now that I've been manifesting for like 10 years. But I did this exercise with that. What's, why don't I want that? What are all the reasons why it would suck having a beach house? And one of the things I had to work through was a fear of tsunamis. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that was what, that was one of my fears. I was like, I can't live by the beach. And even as I'm saying it, I'm like, oh, wow, I haven't thought about tsunamis for a while. Because um, I used to think about it every day. And I'd be like, what's my plan? What's my tsunami plan? And so for some of those fears that you uncover, you can put together a plan for it, right? You can go, oh, well, you know, I can, I can have insurance for that. Or I can, um, you know, I'll deal with that when I come. And then some things you just go, you know what? I can't make a plan for that. And, but I had to, I was like, okay, here's, here's my tsunami plan. And then each time you uncover one of those specific fears and either live with it or let it go, you get one step closer because all the un- unacknowledged stuff keeps you so far away from it. Cause it's not safe for you to do that. And, you know, in some things we take really personally, like Corona, right. We're taking it so personally. Cause it's like, what, what, how did I manifest this? <laughs> Yeah. How do I manifest this, right? And so many people in my community at the start of Corona were like, oh my God, I totally manifested this, Denise. I feel so bad. I was asking for like more time off or I was asking for, you know, ease and peace. And I wanted to stay at home and I wanted to cancel this speaking gig that I'd said yes to and all these things, right? But it's like, we can't control everything, but we can control how we feel about it. And so if you uncover all of those things, um, it just gets you closer and closer to receiving it into your life. Yeah, I mean, two things. I think the I think the coronavirus has been a collective manifestation. To to, but that's kind of another podcast for another story. But yeah, that's kind of like what I think. But something you've said which really, really does resonate with me with a fear is the whole being humble, because I have grown up. It's so funny how it, the, this call was definitely meant for me to kind of work on something after after we've had this chat, but. For me, I've grown up in quite a wealthy family and my mum and dad have worked really hard. They've, they've had their own business. So I kind of, I wanted to follow in the footsteps like you, Denise, from a young age. I went and studied business. I wanted my own, my own business one day and I, I have that now. But I think it's the whole, because I because I grew up in a wealthy family, I had, I was labelled a snob. I was labelled, I was labelled, you know, upper class you know all those kind of things you go through through high school you know, I was bullied for having a good holidays every year I was bullied for just loads of things that you know it wasn't the case it was just probably down to a lot of jealousy so I've dealt with that my whole life so I do think it is that it's the whole I've built this massive amazing community of of women and men who look up to me as this like you know inspirational person and I'm thinking wow if I start to become wealthy I'm gonna lose my integrity I'm gonna lose my humility and I'm, I'm not it's just I think that that's that that's what it is what you said it resonated with me so much it sparked something in me straight away this is why I, I, I'm so fascinated by this work right because if you would ask me 15 years ago I would have said only people who grew up poor have money blocks <laughs> because I just yeah. thought but if you got money like what's the problem but now that I've worked with so many people I realize it, there's so many complexities around it right because again we all have that story you have to work really hard to make money whether your parents had to work three jobs to do it or your parents had to bill a hundred hours um, because you know and, and they were super wealthy it's so um, it is that collective story but also it's all about perception right so I've heard from people who actually grew up pretty wealthy but compared to their peers, they weren't as wealthy. So then they felt yeah. really poor. And then, you know, you might have grown up where it's like relative to the people that you grew up with, you were really rich. And so you have this like story about, oh, my God, I'm a rich bitch if I, you know, or it's it's not safe yeah. for me to be visibly wealthy. 
And so it is all about perception. You know, it's often, um, well, it's, it's stories, right? I actually didn't grow up with very much money, but I didn't know for a long time because it, when you grow up in government housing, everyone has the same house literally yeah. the same house and so I was just like oh cool I'm just the same as everyone else and then my mum married a quite a wealthy guy when I was 11 and so we moved to his kind of like mansion and then it was the same like that you experienced where my friends were like oh you think you're so good now yeah and it was like oh that was really painful so it's it's really good to unlearn some of that stuff and even the things that you were teased about you know, money aside, I find that the key to finding your ideal business is to unlearn some of those lessons. Because I was, I, I was always a leader, so I was called bossy, and it took me yeah. years to unlearn that. I see people who naturally loved being the center of attention, and they need, they should be able to do that on stage and things like that. But they were, they were called a show off, so they learned to dim that down. People who um, were chatty in school and they were told, you know, well, you're never going to get far if you just talk all the time. They're the ones going, I really want to start a podcast, but I'm not allowed to. <laughs> I'm not allowed to chat for a living. You know, it's yeah. like go back to what you you naturally did as a kid or what you got in trouble for as a kid or what you got teased for because that is the clue to what you should be making money from. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm working on now. And it's another piece to the jigsaw. So thank you for asking that question. But I think as well, it's the whole, I was a leader and I was always really mature growing up. So I was kind of the leader of my friends and I was always really motivational and positive, you know, and I would get called bossy. I would be like, oh, you're bossy. And I remember my family saying, you know, I, I'm a talker. I, used to, I love talking. And it'd be like, I, you know, I wouldn't get told to be quiet, but it was just oh, do you ever give your mouth a rest? And I'm like, nope. So it's like, now I'm on a podcast, so I'm just great. It's the great thing for me to be doing this, but it's it, there's something there I need to uncover and I can feel it. So I think definitely tomorrow I'm going to be sat with my partner saying, right, I'm going to sit down and, you know, because do, I've, I've done inner child healing before and things like that. So going back to those memories of when I was called this, when I was called that, you know, because there's a lot there, that there's a lot that I haven't really gone to yet, but it is. It's just those labels that your closest people would say about you that that were meant that were meant for you because you had to really like look at them and go, okay, so that's what's blocking me right now. Nearly thirty. I want like I'm literally so close to having it all, and I'm there's something just there that I need to literally flick away. Just or not just flick away, just to heal and just to realize, and then start to build new positive affirmations around something. Well, what you just said there about inner child, I really think that um, inner child work is so, so important for manifesting yeah. because really it comes down to do I believe that I'm enough? Do I believe that I'm lovable? And am I okay? You know, and I remember doing this, some inner child work where I actually bought myself a little teddy because I just felt like I needed to carry something around and I only needed to carry it for a week if that, but it was so healing for me. And I did a meditation where I invited um, into a beautiful, safe space, a version of me at every single age, starting from being a baby to now to in the future. And we all sat there and each time um, the new version came in, I gave them a hug and I said, I love you and I'm here for you. And I 100% accept you. And I'm always here because I just felt like you need to reinforce that, that I 
and yeah. enough. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. And I was like, even though there were times in my life where I didn't have somebody to tell that to to, to me, I can say it to myself and I can almost yeah. like if, you know, if we think that time is not linear, that each of those things exist at any one time, you can almost go back in time and heal that in yourself because you'll feel the benefits for from it today you know and, and then you allow yourself to receive um another thing I do with with money ar- around that too is I get people to think about a store that, or a, a thing that they wanted as a kid that they weren't allowed to have and for me it was like billabong you know it's that surf brand billabong I don't know if you know it yeah 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 but it's, yeah. yeah and so you know growing up in a beach town like that's what the cool kids had is like billabong jumpers and stuff like that and and so I had to like almost heal that in a teenager as well and now I allow myself to go in and and buy stuff it's not even that expensive now but there was a even as an adult I'd be like oh I'm not I'm not allowed to have stuff from Billabong and so I had to go in and you know and heal that which sounds trite but there's something there about like what am I not allowed to have and how can I give that to myself now whether it's something as fundamental as love and care and attention or it's kind of superficial like I was never allowed to have you know sparkling water or I was never allowed to have that thing um you're allowed to you can give it to yourself now yeah it's so important in a child healing like I've I've been studying a lot of it and I've just finished a diploma around it as well because I'm so intrigued by it because of my my Disney fanatic like, I really connect to people's inner child because I get them to go back to what they loved as a child too so it's that what you just mm-hmm. said Denise is what did you love like what did you love to do as a child like what was kind of the even just like you said having a teddy bear like with you like I've got Disney teddies all over my bed everywhere like it's my whole house is full of Disney because it makes me feel good and for so many years I never embraced that because it you know it's time to grow up it's it's that whole you know people telling you to start growing grow up and you're too old for that now and it's not you're never too old for any of it you know it's it's whatever makes you feel alive. It's just go with that because that is where you're going to truly align with, you know, because this life is short in comparison to something that me and my partner have been looking at is the Hubble field, you know, through the telescope and all those mm-hmm. galaxies up in the sky, you know, in space that just really wrecks your brain when you think of it. But life goes by like an instant if you think about time, space and reality. And it's, you're here to just live your life and just be happy and do what makes you happy and healing the process but you know when you go to those parts that need healing that's where the true growth is because you go into the dark places that need you to grow and you step into the light every single day and it's just amazing it's an amazing place to be knowing that you have the tools you have people like didn't like you Denise and like me who want to help because that's that's what we're here that that's our mission here today and life's gonna go by anyway yeah it really will you know and all all the people listening who you've got a book in your heart you want to release you've got a course you've got a business that you want to create you've got a dream house it's like the world is literally going to go on without you you know it's people will survive if you never release your book you know but but think of all the lives that you can change by stepping into that and just moving forward imperfectly like I did at the start which I still do to be honest but like the life's going to go on it really will so why not 
Yeah, exactly. Just do it. So that is a great way. That's a great way to finish the, the interview. Just like, just do it. Just go for it. Because at the end of the day, what is the worst that can happen? I say that every time. What is the worst that could happen? Really? Yeah. It's, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> like just, that. There's just nothing. You can just tweak. Like if you move to New Zealand and you don't like it, move somewhere else. Like, yes. Who cares? It's not, yes, not Se- second choice would definitely be Australia. It'd be definitely Burley. Might head down there, see my old friends. Yeah. I just love the place. Super close to New exactly. Zealand. So <laughs> exactly. you can have whatever exactly. you want. You just have to focus okay. on it and do the work. And yeah, we can all have whatever we want. So, and you yes. know, I love the one of the reasons why I love doing podcasts so much is because I know when I was starting off my journey of manifesting and I would be commuting to work or I'd be in my cubicle trying to listen to a podcast and it was just my lifeline you know I'd be like oh there are other people out there who think like me and I so desperately want it to be my reality so I always send an extra special shout out to those you know listening in your car or you know you're on your commute on the way to work your life isn't what you want it just yet but it will and listening to stuff like that like this interview really really helps and you will get there. You really will. Yes, you definitely will. Thank you so much, Denise. I really appreciate you taking the time to come Thanks. on. And my listeners are going to love this episode. They really are. Because they just, when I when I told them all, like, I'm doing an interview with Denise, they're like, oh my God, I love a book. So I'm just, yeah, I'm so, so grateful you came on today. Um, absolutely my pleasure. And I'd love to connect with your audience. I'm on um, Instagram at Denise DT. Um, and I just, I love when people listen to a, a interview and tell me what they got out of it. Cause that's, yes. I'm, I'm a Virgo. I love being of service. So yeah, you can find me at Denise DT. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks Denise. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your beautiful day in Australia yeah, and I'll be going back to too. sleep now. Yes. Hopefully you can. I always get, um, I can't, and can never sleep after um, interviews, but that's why I always do them during the day. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks Denise. Well, I'll just Thanks, um, say bye to my listeners and I hope you really enjoyed this interview and reach out to Denise you know follow her and just get her books for sure and yeah I really enjoyed this interview with Denise and I'll be back shortly with another interview at some point I hope you have a beautiful day wherever you are and any questions always reach out to any of us and we will get back to you bye for now guys Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.